broke black and busy uh, i talked over the music but that's how i feel essentially in this climate that we're in i'm tommy the model i'm here again what's good y'all it's enoch coming live from the home office because you know we still in covid and shit yeah amongst other things Amongst many other things, <laughs> <laughs> many many other things, uh, I'll start with like being vulnerable. Uh, it wasn't until yesterday that I could fully have conversations about what's going on outside of the whole coronavirus situation. Um, and once I was done being in my, my little ball of like vulnerability, mm. um. I was like ready to speak immediately <laughs> and then I came directly to you uh, Enoch and I was like we need to record and I came here and we just had like a two hour conversation <laughs> which means we had a lot of debriefing. We didn't record any of it. Yeah yeah that we needed to do on our own uh, so that's what's been going on with me uh, in terms of like my own well-being how have you been dealing with some of these things yeah, I uh I'm just trying to keep a good balance of like staying knowledgeable about what's going on, making sure I'm keeping up with all of the cases and the legalities and the organizations. Um also making sure I'm sharing resources. Um but also trying to make sure that I'm not like overwhelming myself for like the sake of like the cause quote unquote yeah um because i feel like i i've been in the position before where like i'm putting my well-being like mentally on the line just well not just but putting my well-being in danger for the sake of like getting people to understand or see this thing and so on and so forth. But now I'm in a space where like, I can't help niggas if I'm not helping myself. You feel me? Like if I'm, if I'm not mentally good to be present for the homies and help the homies process. Cause you know, as I've said before on this show, I'm not really concerned with what white niggas think or know at this point. Like my main concern is the community at hand i'm no longer out here having arguments with these white niggas and these racist supporters to get them to see that structural oppression is real i don't give a fuck if they believe it or not at this point you feel me like do your own research that's not my job my job i feel like at this point is to like make sure my community is good and so i'm trying to make sure that i'm doing as much of that as i can while also doing a lot of personal work on my own to make sure that I'm coming to these interactions with my community, with the good energy and with like the forward energy and not like the fatigue that I I have had in some of these past days, which is why like I haven't really said any of my own words on social media. I mainly just been reposting and sharing other people's thoughts that I align with um, because, yeah, I'm just. That's just the space I'm in right now. Yeah. I mean, essentially, a cool body is a body that cannot support others. You know, it's like, and just to explain a little further, if I am not taking care of myself, I can't help take care of you. Exactly. Um, we have to take care of our well-being first. 
and I was not in a place like I shut people down that are close to me because mm-hmm. I couldn't talk about it. Like when people were asking me about how do you feel about the riots? I feel like I don't want to talk about it. That's what I feel like. <laughs> Real talk. Because <laughs> I don't really have the energy to explain to you how I feel, but also educate you at the same time. That's what I typically do. Because the riots is not even the important discussion. No. For real, for real. No. And it's not even that I agree with the riots. I just accept it as a part of the revolution. I accept it as a part of a movement. Because we have been peaceful protesting for many, many years. Like, there have been situations where um, we were peacefully protesting. And it might be a small riot in, like, one or two cities. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it just wasn't enough. And then we would see case after case after case after case of cops being let off and being like completely um, looked over. Like district attorney is just like, we don't see any evidence. Mm. Or we went after, or sometimes like the district attorney, not the district attorney, the lawyer would go after the uh, uh, murder one when they probably should have been going after murder uh, two or three. Mm. Um, And it's 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 frustrating so now now they're listening and that's one thing that has uh been a change everything escalated quickly the protesters went out there and they went out in massive numbers and i definitely support that i'm so happy but then things still look like it was getting a little sketchy it was just like okay we gonna go after uh murder one but also they're not even arrested yet you know what i mean so then they started to kick it up a little bit. Um, now, like, riots started to break out. Police cars started to be burnt down. Then all of a sudden, they're arrested. Then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, like, actual charges were starting to uh, be bought up. I think it, they went after, um, I think they actually went after murder three at first. And then they upgraded it to murder two. Yeah. So it's like, this hasn't happened before. But also, excuse me, this hasn't happened in our recent years. Mm-hmm. And even on top of that, it hasn't happened as fast as it had as fast as it, it's happened so now the president has to really uh address it as well mm. even if it's not in a positive way this dude was in a bunker for a couple of days you know so like now he's feeling it at home we yeah. feel it at home every day now the president of the united states is feeling it so i think it will make change i don't know that it'll be a change that we want to see but i know like change is already happening in the moment I don't think it's ever the change that we want to see to be honest. And I think like that's part of, I think that's part of my, my fatigue is just that. I think like you, I think that all of these things have their purpose, right? Like I don't, which is why I don't knock anybody for the way that they choose to advocate as long as they're advocating Mm -hmm. for real, for real. Like not all of it is for me. Like as my own method, but I I acknowledge that everybody's method has a purpose. Everybody's method lends itself to the overall like movement. So as long as you know doing you doing what you can and it's not pushing us back, so to speak, then I'm Gucci with it. Um, but I do be feeling like I feel like D we're doing a lot of the things that we've been doing. Um, yeah, none of this is new. Yeah, and like I think that's, I think like there's a both and happening right now in the sense of, I do feel like how we're handling this is giving niggas mad pressure. 
right? And I, I think, ironically enough, like part of the pressure is coming from the fact that we've been in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us are paying much more attention to what the fuck is going on. A lot of us have less on the line right now because we're not working. You feel me? A lot of us have more energy because we've been in the house. And so it's like, yo, we're going to come out and we're going to get to it. On the same token, I feel like because we're not necessarily utilizing any new tactics, the niggas on the other side have a better understanding of how to use what we're doing against us, mm-hmm. right? Which is why they're able to place niggas in the riot, the protest to start the riot mm-hmm. that aren't police, which is why they're able to manipulate the media in the way that they do. And obviously niggas been manipulating the media but it's like, I feel like the same way our force is, is like exacerbated right now because we're fed up and, you know, we have the time right now. Like we all got the time right now. I also think because there isn't necessarily anything new being utilized, some of that is getting turned back on us because they understand how we're working now. They get it because they didn't already been they like, oh, you know, it's fucking niggas going to do what they have been doing before. But now we we know how to fucking imp- put implants in that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just be having me like. I'm glad that the officers are getting charged. I don't think I'm going to be comfortable until they in jail. And then even after that, I'm going to still be uncomfortable because the system is the same. Yeah. And people like our black people are still being murdered by cops while this is all. Wow. This is all happening. Exactly. So it's like it's so much fatigue. It's a really good word because even as you're talking, I'm listening to you talk about, um, you know, these plants like they put uh, plants inside of the, the protests to incite riots and things like that. Is it true? You know, like, is it true on one end? Is it true? Is it not true on the other end? There's like a lot of cops uh, that we see that are hugging protesters and stuff like that. We hear that that's like copaganda, which would be police propaganda. Um, and some of it might not be, you know, it's, it's like black people spreading hate in some way. But then like, is that actually true? Like, did that person really say that? The whole Joe Biden situation, who's not a black person, that really happened. I looked it up. I, I, I uh, listened to what he was saying. That's real. So, like, there's so many different things that are happening at one time. It's hard to know what to believe. I know that I believe in a protest. I know mm-hmm. that I believe in a revolution. And I know I believe in a movement. Um, but, like, I don't want to turn a blind eye to one thing and not the other. You know, like, I, it's hard to know, like, what's real. And when I say, like, black people spreading hate. I think that that's a very small um, uh, number, a very small number of people like actually spreading hate. But then we also got to know where that hate is coming from. Bro, I feel like most of the black people who are spreading hate is spreading hate against other niggas. Yeah. Like, for real, for real. Like, I feel like some of the some of the nuttiest, like most hateful statements I've seen is like, some of the shit that other black people are saying about like the people that's rioting. Yeah. And it's just like my nigga, like I got in this whole, this whole discussion. This was the one day I had time for this shit. This whole discussion. Um, 
on my friend's thread, she didn't have a problem with the rise, but people were commenting um, who were having problems. And this one shawty, uh, her sister actually has said, like, you know, I don't support it because some people are fucking up black owned businesses. And I also don't support it because it's a distraction from what the main issue is. And so I was like, one, there are, in every single movement, it doesn't matter where the fuck you're at, right? In every single movement, Around the there world. are some niggas who are doing shit that deviate from the cause, mm-hmm. right? Christians slaughtered a whole slew of niggas. Mm-hmm. You feel me? But we didn't throw that shit in the trash, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you got... That's that's how niggas became discriminatory against Muslim people, right? Yeah. Because there was a small section of niggas not doing the shit that the majority of the group agree with, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, are there some people who are fucking up black-owned businesses? Absolutely. Does that mean that this shit altogether should be thrown in the trash? Nah. And not only that, I was like... You are actually the distraction mm-hmm. because the distraction isn't the riot, my nigga. It's y'all talking about it. Mm-hmm. If niggas are doing the thing, but we are still focusing on the way we want to handle the issue, then there is no distraction. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, but this whole debate between like, oh, I think it's right and oh, I think it's wrong. That's who the fuck cares? It doesn't fucking matter, nigga. If you don't like that shit, then promote what you do like. Mm-hmm. Promote this shit you feel like we should be doing. We talked about this before. Yeah, like I, I never. Well, it's not that I don't understand it, but it just always frustrates me when people opt to spend so much energy highlighting the things that they think are wrong and not enough energy highlighting the alternatives. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think people also don't understand the connection to looting and rioting and what that. Th- this is bigger than race. I've mm-hmm. said this on my story and everything. This is a civil unrest issue. This is an economic issue. This is a political issue. This is absolutely a race issue. There's so many things happening. If you look at the timeline in 2020, hopefully, you should, but hopefully you will be able to understand like how this all came about. We have Trump, which was actually before 2020, but we have Trump in office. Right after that, we have multiple people being uh, killed by the cops. Also... We have a pandemic happening, and that brought out a lot of economic strife. That also fucked up black people. Yeah, it messed up black people uh, uh, unequally. Yeah. <laughs> messed up of black people. And it showed a lot of economic strife because there was a lot of money going to these businesses, a lot of money going to rich people, but we barely got $1,200 per person. Barely. And our government is talking about how they don't have the money. That's rent for most people. So niggas. it's like, how are you talking about you don't have the money, but you're able to give this money out? So people are pissed off at that. Then people are stuck in the house. So then you have specific names, but there's more names than this. You have Ahmad Aubrey. You have Breonna Taylor. You have, uh, what was the uh, the guy's name from Central Park that the woman told on? His last name was Cooper. I can't Cri- I think it was Chris Cooper. Name. If I'm screwing it up, I apologize. I'm a, black, black, I'm a bad black person. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I think his name was Chris Cooper, who was told on by, ironically, another woman. Her last name was Cooper as well, a white mm-hmm. woman. Um, and then the same day, you have George uh, George Floyd. And then while George Floyd is happening, you got Tony McDade. Tony McDade. And then you have... It, it, it's just all of these things happening at one time. 
what like what did you think was going to happen? Yes, looting is going to happen. If I don't I don't loot, I don't have to. I don't really want for anything. Mm-hmm. But what if I did? What if I'm angry, upset? I don't necessarily have the things that I want. I'm barely getting food, but then I see an opportunity. But most most and me me and my partner were talking about this. Most black crimes in general are tied to some type of social or economic need. Yeah. Like even if we looked at because I know some people might be like, "Well, what about, you know, what about gang violence?" Like that's not tied to economic need, but even that still stems back to economic disparity cuz I wouldn't families. I wouldn't be in a gang if I didn't need protection. Mm-hmm. Right? And I wouldn't need protection if everybody around me wasn't broke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we know the numbers. We understand the psychology behind it. We understand that if you have less education and you have less money, the crime will go up. We know this. So why aren't we fixing it at that place? So when we're passing judgment on people that are looting and rioting, we're not thinking of the whole system. We're only thinking of like what they're doing in that moment. We're thinking of the, the symptom. We're, symptom. we're thinking of the byproduct. We're not looking at the root of the cause. And I try to get people to understand it. They'd be like, well, yeah, but they shouldn't be doing that. You're saying that because you're able to be safe at home. You're yeah. at home judging someone else because you don't have to do that. Now, but I will also say that there are people out there that may not necessarily need to do that. You know, yeah, like, of course, it's there's always going to be like, you know, small numbers that are within that. But if you think of the grand scheme of things, this is a systemic problem that's that goes beyond race that we're not even really addressing. We can't even get past race, let alone like classism and sexism and all these other things. We need to really understand the big system that's at play right now bro it just be it be so much and that's why like i will say i have um i really like like the police reform conversations Mm -hmm. that i've been seeing and like not even police reform in the sense of like teach officers how to be better people or better officers i should say but i've been seeing like police reform in the sense of like we don't even need police in this specific space mm-hmm. and, you know, reserve them for like these other spaces. Um, and I've been seeing more energy behind that than what at least I'm used to seeing in my sphere of people. And so like, that's been very reassuring. Cause like, yeah, you know, again, we want justice for all these people. It's just not going to mean as much if the system stays the same. And, like, I think about, like, this, like, new budget that fucking, what's he, the mayor? Mayor Kenny? Is mayor, it mayor Kenny, yeah. Yeah, that Mayor Kenny is trying to pass, like, giving another another $14 billion to officers. And it's like, what the fuck do they even need that for? Yeah. I see officers riding around in better cars than me. And and I mean you know I'm not a balling ass nigga but you know I also has I had some nice cars when I had a car mm-hmm. but like it's just like you know like what what the fuck do this nigga need a 2024 Mustang for to do some street patrols yeah that shit don't even make sense to me while they're taking funding I was watching a video for the new budget talking about how they weren't laying off or taking any money from police or firemen and talking about how. They will be cutting budgets from arts, schools, and there were two other things um, that I can't remember. And it's like, 
we talk about in like the beginning of the video, he has said something about like being being intentional about passing a budget that prioritize the in the inequality of black and brown communities. And I'm like, nigga, how how is that the budget that you telling me about right now? When you taking away the stuff that essentially to me, I feel like directly impacts the crime rate. Yeah. When you have resources, arts, educational resources, all these things that you're taking funding from, you have a lower crime rate. Yeah. Over policing increases crime. We know the numbers. I just wanted to slide that in there to support your point. Um, there's so many things. <laughs> uh, I'll just like touch on voting for a little bit. Um, where there's it's this push to get people out there to vote. Mm-hmm. It's this like large push. It's always, it, not always, but it's been there for a very long time. And I'm usually like, Ugh. as James Baldwin said, how long do you want us to wait? Because that's essentially what you're asking us to do. Wait again. Andrew Cuomo, uh, the mayor of uh, New York, was expressing that like, I understand your strife, you white, but okay. <laughs> I understand what's going on. Violence is not the way to do it. Voting is the way to do it. And then when he started talking about, you know, how voting worked, he didn't talk about anything about black people. He talked about all of these systemic issues that had that didn't necessarily have anything to do with black people. So it's kind of like you can't even come up with a policy that specifically like helped uh, black people within the last 20, 30 years. Now, I'm not saying that there haven't been policies. But I'm saying, like, the mayor of New York is is trying to make an argument, and he can't do it. Ill-equipped. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. And also, we don't even have the proper systems to actually get people to vote, especially during this pandemic. I sat in line for two hours and 45 minutes. Stood in line. Stood. Excuse me, that because that was my next point. Thank you for that clarification. I stood in line for two hours and 45 minutes. My feet were hurting. I'm also looking around. And seeing 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 year old people standing in line as well. If my feet hurting, you know how do you they think hurt. they feel? They were bringing some of them to the front of the line, but some of them just, they also have to walk to the front of the line. There's no seats. When you go see who's actually um, implementing these voting uh, ballot systems, it's older people. It's older people. One, they are not necessarily tech savvy. Uh, tech savvy. Two, they're not necessarily the best at explaining this tech stuff. <laughs> so they don't even understand the system that they're trying to help us with. And I'm not going against them. I appreciate them for being out there. But if we're talking about voting, we also need to be helping the people to uh, promote voting in, in its like purest form. Mm. You know, I didn't even necessarily understand how to vote this time because it's a different system. Right. We need, where's the tech support? There's so much. There's so much steam behind like voting oh you know it starts at the local and like all these things could very much be true right like i i can admit that i have a strong bias because i live i grew up in the hood and no matter who the fuck was in office that shit ain't never changed right so i i do have a strong bias but like i can acknowledge the importance of having somebody or having a group, not even somebody, because yeah. you can't, they can't do it on their own, right? Mm-hmm. Having a group of people in office 
who like do prioritize the community or are from the community. But it's like, if I don't have the time to go there, mm-hmm. if I can't, like in your example, take two hours out of my day to stand in line, mm-hmm. if I'm physically not able to do that, like there are all these barriers with the actual system of voting that niggas don't talk about enough when they talk about like the need to vote. Mm-hmm. It's just like go out there and vote. It's just like, it's not that simple. Not at all. You know, I got children or I have like a, elderly parent that I'm taking care of my elderly parent can't even make it there you know like there's also absentee ballots but like what does that even look like this time around I had to um I decided to go to the voting polls but my address didn't even come up to tell me where my voting uh area was you know it, it I, the place that I typically go was shut down because of the coronavirus situation and then the mail-in ballots, like, nigga, I don't trust that shit as far as I can throw it. Most of those places were either shut down or they didn't exist. I've, I had to go to, like, three different ones. I, I dropped my mother's and my stepfather's off. And two of the places that we went to shut down at 11 o'clock. And actually, it was four places. The, the fourth place, uh, when I got there, it just wasn't there. Like, there was nothing. Like, who was, who, who, am I just dropping it on the steps? Like, I don't know what you want me to do. And the fourth place was... uh. Uh, the third place, excuse me, was uh, 52nd Street. And I actually was able to drop that off. But what they don't tell you is you got to sign as an agent. So I'm taking it for someone else and you have to put your name and your address there. You know, what if I'm an immigrant, you know, and I'm just dropping it off? Maybe I don't have an address. There's so many different barriers that is not talked about. I think people make these things simpler than they actually are. What? I mean, yeah, nigga. <laughs> Everything is fucking oversimplified. And that's because most of the people I feel like telling us to do this shit are telling us to do this from a point of privilege. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And this is like back. Uh, you said something earlier um, about like not being happy until the police officer is in prison. Or mm. you said jail, but like prison. Um, but on top of that, we can't protest Every single time that a black bro. man or a woman uh, or person... Niggas don't got the bandwidth for yeah, that, bro. No. I don't have the emotional bandwidth No, we... Imagine. We would be protesting on top of protesting on top of protesting. Because, there again, there's still black people being killed in the streets right now by police. Bro. Protesting would, at that point, become an independent contract job. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's just... We don't have the energy to do this. And then there's just other people, you know, uh, multiple races. That's just like, uh, I don't know. My significant other is like, I don't know. I want to go into it. (laughs) People (laughs) (laughs) are working at predominantly white jobs, dealing with everything that's going on and also trying to protect and provide space for the minority of black people in these independent um, places Mm -hmm. uh, while maintaining their job. So my my place of business is not protecting this specific minority group. Mm. I don't feel protected in this specific minority group. I do not feel protected in this society. Mm -hmm. But I have to speak for this institution that does not specifically protect this specific minority group. So it's like, 
I'm being pulled from multiple ways. Yeah. You know, like in order to keep the peace, I have to speak out two sides of my mouth. And it's just not fair. And it gets it gets more complicated the more the more identities you hold. Because it's like, okay, if you're black and you happen to be a male, it's like, all right, that's one layer. But then if you're black and you happen to be a woman, that's two layers. Mm-hmm. And then if you're black and you happen to be a woman and you happen to be queer, that's three layers. And then if you're black and queer and trans, that's it's like it's like all these these divides. Which is why I hate I hate when niggas be like, we just all need to be on the same page. Why can't we all just be on you know like the civil rights era? Why can't we all? Why can't we all just march together? And it's like, my nigga, first off, that shit was allowed to happen because all these groups I just named had no voice, mm-hmm. right? Now you fast forward to a, a, a time where they have made their made space for themselves, right? Because I'm not even going to act, I'm not even going to sit up here and act like we gave them that space. Mm-hmm. Like they took their they rightful took, yeah. space, right? And so now we're at a point where like, people are going to have to be okay with them in order to like get us all on the same page. Mm-hmm. But none of the people saying that want to do that work. Mm-hmm. Like I I was talking to somebody the other day that was saying, you know, like they were mentioning the bus boycott and how, um, you know, people in neighborhoods were giving people rides to work and like getting back to like that mentality. And that shit would be super helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I'm fucking black and trans i'm not gonna trust nobody to take me to work yeah what when i just yeah. when i just seen ayana get jumped by 30, 30 men dudes for a fender <laughs> bender and i'm i'm gonna trust somebody to get me to work safely yeah no not at all and it's like and and this is probably this is part of why i'm just so focused on the inner communal work like in my recent years because all that outside shit is cool and necessary. But we could get all that and then still be a hindrance to ourselves, Mm -hmm. which is not me prioritizing. Like, I don't think either one is more important than the other. Like, I think all the inner communal stuff is equally as important as the outer communal stuff. I'm just saying for my own work, I'm much more focused on the inner communal stuff because that's the shit I have the energy for. Yeah. For real, for real. We all need to be able to support people that are helping parts. We all can't do everything. Facts. You know, like if you're working on inner communal work, there are people that are working on voting. Mm-hmm. If there are mm-hmm. people that are working on voting, there are people that are working on inner, com- inner city communications mm-hmm. with the police and the government. If there are people that are working on that, then you got people that are uh, building education specifically for minority mm-hmm. communities, mm-hmm. black communities. So we need to be able to support those things as opposed to being like voting don't work and then being like, well, we don't really care about that community. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. care about black people, but not that community. But that community is the black community, <laughs> you know, so like I, I don't think you understand that. Like even back in the day, like we, we try to like trump up these like. Good word. Trump <laughs> up these uh, uh, these uh, movements from back in the day, but they were very exclu- uh, exclusionary. Exclusionary. Yeah, exclusionary. exclusionary. Yeah, <laughs> very exclusionary. Look, look at the, look at the, the the top of the top. Martin Luther King and Bayard Rustin. Mm-hmm. 
Like, that's the top of the top. He's gay. He eventually had to be separated from Martin Luther King because Martin Luther King's group, and probably he did as well. I don't know the specifics on how Martin Luther King felt about Bayard Rustin when it came to, like, pressure. But I know the groups behind Martin Luther King was like, you got to separate yourself from Bayard Rustin because he is gay. Mm-hmm. Lo and mm-hmm. behold, Bayard Rustin was like, the nigga that did part most of the, the work. whole movie. <laughs> He's the, strate- the, 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 the strategist behind all of it. So it's like, we don't understand. Like, we make it simple. You know, like, we need to be all on one accord. But what does one accord look like? I'm not Jay-Z. I'm not Oprah. I'm not uh, the guy that uh, gave all of that money for uh, students. Uh, he paid all his student debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not those people. We, we have different struggles. Now, do we all deal with racism? Yes, but it's bigger than racism. Like our classes are very different. The, yeah. the, the way they walk in a room is very different than the way I walk in a room. I can't even afford to get in those rooms sometimes. So it, we need to be able to accept all of that and understand all of that and listen when somebody's saying, hey, I need help or hey, I don't like this. Even if they say like, hey, I don't like this. If they're yelling it, even if it's yelling it at you, we need to be able to step back and be like, okay, what's going on with this person? Even if it's not in that moment, stay in contact with that person. And then think about where that is actually coming from. I do shit. that all the time. Or identify that that shit ain't your work. Yeah. And separate. <laughs> Absolutely. I support Lord you knows. from over here, bro. <laughs> you yeah, know. Uh, for sure. I think that we need to be able to separate our own personal feelings about other people's lives. In order for us to move forward. Definitely. There it is. <laughs> That's a full like settle in on how I feel. We need to be able to separate our personal feelings about other people's lives in order for us to move on and move to move on together. Because uh, my opinion doesn't really matter about your life. I don't care what you're doing with your life if it's not harming myself or yourself. Or the larger Or community. everybody else. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it's not bro. harming anyone, including yourself... I, I don't care. I don't care. This shit be... It be nutty, man. Not harming yourself or yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I get passionate sometimes. <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't even know. it. There's so much to, like, process. Like, even in this moment, I'm, like, reaching for words. And I'm, like, me, of all people... I'm starting to like lose energy, bro. I I, I lost energy like a couple years ago, for real, for real. <laughs> and yeah, like it, there's just so there's so many things to navigate, and then there are also so many people who genuinely do not want to accept these things yeah. like you can hit them with all because i've been in these conversations like you can hit them with all the logical evidence all the statistics all the empirical data you can hit them with all that shit and they'll be like but what about my cousin <laughs> that is some random outlier story that literally doesn't negate any of the shit you just said. It's just like what well, I was their personal experience. But that holding on to that debunks everything, nigga. Cognitive dissonance. That's essentially what it is. It's cognitive dissonance. 
it, it, it's ridiculous. We need to not be, we just want to support our point. This is what I believe and I'm going to find whatever it is. Even if it's like point zero 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 four percent to be true in this one specific situation. Mm-hmm. So that becomes the whole thing. But we all know that that's not the majority. It's just not. Same thing with rioting. Same thing with looting. And I, I wonder sometimes, I wonder how different things might be if we just had more education on like social emotional processes. I think it would be a hundred percent different. Cause I know, I know even for myself, like I wasn't always an advocate for all black people. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I don't think any, any man was, (laughs) you feel me? Because at some point we were a part of, I mean, we're still a part of, but we bought into the, the teachings of toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. at some point. Right. Like, I've been the homophobic person before as a child. Like, I've been that guy. And going into my journey of mental health is, like, I think I got diagnosed with depression around, like, middle school. And didn't really do much about it then. I mean, I had the option of therapy, but my mom was kind of like, you know, you can either go to therapy or if you think you can handle it on your own, you can try to handle it on your own. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm going to handle it on my own. I was poorly handling it, <laughs> right? Um, but by the time I got to college, I had started doing more research on, like, what the implications of these things were. Started doing more research on just, like, navigating emotions, navigating conversations that involve emotions, which is literally every conversation you're a part of. And that opened my understanding about so many different things to the point that, like, my advocacy for black people in, like, the heteronormative regard became my advocacy for, like, all black people because my social-emotional learning taught me the ways to understand these other things that I seemingly had no reference point for because I was just buying into the bullshit. And overall, I think the core of what I'm saying is that it made me comfortable with being accountable. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so much about social emotional learning that makes you comfortable with being accountable. It made me comfortable with being like, yo, I did this thing that was not healthy or potentially harmful and I need to take responsibility for that and then I need to change that activity. And that's just shit that so many people don't get the training or education for. And sometimes I'll be feeling like, you know, that could be the difference between how much pushback we receive on these systematic changes we trying to make. Yeah. Uh, Being wrong is not the end of the world. And I'll say that again because I was a little bit away from the mic. Being wrong is not the end of the world. And I think we're taught as men, but as people in general, but specifically as men, that if we're wrong, we're, we can't be leaders. If we're wrong, we can't mm-hmm. be powerful. If we're wrong, then that means the other person is right and they're better than us. We, we need to do a better job of that. I think that empathy is nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. just have to be one way. I think empathy can be taught. If you if 
if our education system taught, you know, anti-racism, people will understand that more. There's still people asking like, so what do you go through? Or wow. why would somebody discriminate against you? Or you, you got a, you got a job, you do well. How does racism really affect you? You're still asking these questions in 2020. Like, learn are you serious? all about civil rights era, learn all about slavery, and learn nothing about structural oppression. I ain't even I ain't even know the term structural oppression until I got to college Same. and took a like a Black American Studies class. Yeah, yeah, I learned about it in sociology, um, and then I learned about it in uh, African. No, I didn't even learn about it in African American history in community college because we talked more about like from the beginning of slavery up until probably about the 60s or the 70s. Mm-hmm. So like even then it was structural oppression. I just didn't structural systematic. They systematic. didn't give you language for it. There's no, no, yeah. not at all. I didn't get that until sociology and that's only because my teacher was passionate about it. It was a white woman. She was passionate about it. Actually it's two white women. So you can teach empathy because all you really need to do is understand what this person is going through. And it's just like how does that affect your life? Because racism is not good for white people either. Racism is not good for any group of people at all. Facts. Toxic masculinity is not good for anyone. It's not good for men either. It's Facts. just not. We can't even show our feelings. If we show our feelings, then we're looked at as weak. Not even just from men. Women sometimes look at us as weak. If if I just bust out crying because I had a bad day, it's just like, what you doing? How you going to protect my house? Like, what, if I'm walking down the street, you bust out crying. What is that going to do for me? And this is not all women, but I'm saying like we're all a part of the same system mm-hmm. where we believe that if it if it looks like it benefits us, it definitely benefits us. And that's yeah. absolutely not the case. Super wrong. Empathy super, definitely can super be taught. I, I just I know it, you know, like I'm an empathetic person by nature, but it was like honed by uh, education, as yeah. you said. And it's it's. I feel like it's such it's a much easier thing to tackle when you are younger. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. you're you're more malleable. Like even even me in college, like even some people will argue that I wasn't young, but it's like I still had a, a desire to learn. I was eager for knowledge. Yeah. And so I'm absorbing these things. I may not understand them when they're coming to me in the first place. But I'm studying these things. I'm looking into these things. I'm developing the muscle for understanding that shit. Yeah. To the point that now it's like it's a reflex for me to break something down systematically. Mm-hmm. And um, what does it look like if you wasn't naturally empathetic? If you just came into it like raw with no like yeah. I shouldn't say no, but like a low level of understanding of empathy and you weren't really empathetic like that by nature. What does that look like? And I think that's me. Really? Because I don't think I'm empathetic by nature. I taught myself how to be empathetic. That's interesting. For sure. Because you now, so. Because I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up in an empathetic house. Mm. Right? I grew up in a household where every, everybody was high, strung, and sensitive. Mm. Which made me go the opposite direction. Right? I, I feel like I have so many memories of just like, people in my family overreacting to things mm-hmm. that I, I had a fucked up gauge for what was a proper reaction to shit. Mm-hmm. And so everything that didn't look like my reaction was an overreaction to me. 
And so I that shit fucked up my empathy. Yeah. Because it took away my ability to feel somebody if I felt like what they were doing was more than what was needed. That's a good point. And so I had to teach myself that shit. But you know, here I am. That shit sound crazy to you that I yeah. had no empathy because I have so much now. Yeah. You feel me? And it's like, it's definitely shit niggas can learn. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what you bring up is actually another part of it because it can be learned both ways. Mm-hmm. It can be learned positively and negatively. You know, like, I can learn how to be empathetic. I can also learn how not to be empathetic. Yeah. You can be raised in a household where you just don't care. I mean, I guess that's happening right now in our school system. You know, we're learning about U.S. history, and there's like a chapter. I'm being nice. There's a paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) There's a paragraph of what slavery is, and all you know about black people is them being below you. Mm -hmm. White people are learning that. Asian people are learning that. Hispanic people are learning that. And black people are learning that. So it's not only coming from people outside of the race. It's also coming from people inside of the race because we're all being taught to not be empathetic towards black people. Mm -hmm. And it's like... The only thing they tell you is slavery ended because nobody should be a slave. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. then then they don't talk to you about how that shit continued throughout history and just reformed itself in different ways. And so if you're just like, well, you know, they was free, especially like as a child, you don't understand the implications of being freed in a country where you have no funds and nowhere to live. Mm-hmm. You don't get that shit, yeah. right? Because you, you don't even know anything about taxes. You don't know anything about buying property. You don't know none of that shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, they were free. And then, you know, they continue to struggle for the rest of American history. And to you, it probably looks like these niggas was useless. Yeah. Especially when they tell you the story of, like, Americans, you know, fighting back against the British and coming to this land where they had nothing and building. And then you essentially juxtapose that with like slavery and it makes niggas it perpetuates the ideology of niggas being lazy yeah yeah and to like i wanted to like jump in but you were on a rant and i was like i want him to get that out uh you talked about like fighting back against Mm -hmm. you know like their own system what do you think happened when we were uh in civil war you thought like it was all pretty and we were only fighting the people that mattered no we were we were destroying our own property. Mm-hmm. We were like looting and raising other people's uh, property, including our own. It, it, that that's just what a revolution looks like, and I don't think people understand that. But back to the education conversation, um, we it's it's just necessary to be educated at a young age because then it needs to be taught in stages. You know, there were slaves, but then there are also brilliant people within that slave system which we don't talk about enough not at all and it continued you know jim crow and then like the war on drugs there are also brilliant people within those systems there are also like not the greatest people in those systems but then those systems created so a lot of those people that were not the greatest uh in that system so it's like we need to be able to teach nuance yes that's what it is we need to be able to teach nuance we don't do that it's just like you black you lazy you white you rich. It's like, no, 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 no. There's a lot more than that. There's a lot more than that. And we we don't, we just don't do a good job of teaching it. And I think we need and to do a And that lack of nuance be the shit that I feel like 
not teaching the nuance be the shit that be fucking black people up who on the fence. Yeah. Right? Because I've seen many black... I will never forget this shit. We was we was all over here for a gathering for something. I can't Uh-oh. remember what it was. Uh-oh. And uh, my partner's brother had a friend who came. That might have been too, inform- too much information already. <laughs> um... And we were talking about white people using the word nigga. Because I was talking about logic. Yeah. And I was saying, I don't fuck with logic using the word nigga. I don't care if logic is half black. Logic look like a white man. Logic benefits from white privilege. He can't say nigga. That's, y'all can fucking fight me on this. I will give you my address and I will throw their hands about this. But anyway, I said this and the bull, black bull was like, well, you know, if you was white and you grew up in the trenches with me, like you grew up poor with me, then you could call me nigga. Cause you know, we grew up in the same conditions mm. And I'm like bro Like yes there are definitely poor white people mm-hmm. There are definitely white people Who are in the hood mm-hmm. Y'all still gonna get handled differently If y'all get pulled over though mm-hmm. Like And it's it's just like this I mean that's the nuance That's part of the nuance that like They don't teach mm-hmm. right Because so much of blackness Is taught as having a tie to economic um, resources, right? Like, we see that all the time where we talk about how, like, niggas ain't really black if they ain't grow up poor. And it's like, no, you're black regardless. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. And so then that leads people to believe, people who are on the fence to believe, like, oh, well, if you were white and you grew up poor, then you know the black experience. Yeah. Or if you were black and you grew up rich, then you don't know the black experience. Yeah. It's, it, it doesn't work that way. Like, you still have struggles. And they're very similar. You know, when you walk in these rooms, there's another part of this, too. When you walk in these rooms, even if they, even if you're not necessarily receiving the racism that you, that uh, poor people are typically getting, they sometimes forget that you're black. So they start talking about other black people. And they, they're just kind of like, yeah, you're different, though. It's like, like you're the special one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, he- I've heard people say that to me when I was younger. Like, oh, you're different. You're not like the other black people. And it's just kind of like, at the time, I was ignorant. So I was just like, oh, you know, I'm special. No, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the, like, the, the, more, the older I got, the more educated I got, I was just kind of like, wait a minute. I'm special in place of everybody else not being great. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. just not helpful for anyone, really. And that's like, I think that's another part of this whole, this just goes back to there being mad layers because there are people who come from the circumstances like we come from and forget the type of niggas they used to be. Mm-hmm. Bootstrap like, argument. Yeah, like I will, I will never forget the type of nigga I used to be because that's the shit that keeps me grounded when I talk to niggas like the nigga I used to be. Yeah. I need to be able to keep that, the understanding that pulled me out of that thought process in order to pull other niggas out of that thought process. Yeah. Part of me always saying that I'm broke. It's not that I believe I don't have any money. It's just me like identifying with who I was and what was going on in my life and people that are actually going through it. So it's not, a, I'm not broke by mindset. I'm just broke by identity, which sounds weird, but that's just a thing for me. I'm not saying anybody should hold on to that, but like, I believe that at some point, uh, I will have money. I'm, I'm, you know, pretty privileged to some other Shit, people. I got money right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I have 
enough money to take care of myself. I don't believe I'm actually broke. Yeah. But like broke by identity means like I know where I came from. I know where you are and I identify with you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I always say that I'm broke. But I don't it's not like a downer for me. Uh, That's my last point because I got some positive stuff to say as well. Oh, good. Cause... Running out. <laughs> Um, like I don't real... know if I had anything positive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't think a lot of people have a lot of positive stuff to say. Well, actually, if you have a PlayStation 4 and you play Destiny 2, hit me up, Sword of Africa. You feel me? I'd be needing some niggas to run raids with and shit. That was my positive. To... <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get some of that anger out, <laughs> Destiny 2. <laughs> I was playing Grand Theft Auto last night, so Yo, that's my helps. outlet. It definitely does. And my positives are like shout outs to like all these lawyers that are on the front lines, mm-hmm. like getting out all of our protesters and people that are rioting and things like that, um, protecting them on the front lines. There are so many lawyers that are not even being paid mm-hmm. to help uh, our people out there. There are so many lawyers that are out there like fighting these cases that don't have protests, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and the majority of them are black. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if they're doing it pro bono. Um, I want to give a shout out to like the actual news anchors that are being objective and actually uh, telling us the real story. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff I said today came from uh, TYT, which is the Young Turks. Um, oh, I fuck with them on YouTube. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes I would say I would say personally, sometimes they go a little too far in terms of like you're not even paying attention to like some of the nuances Mm -hmm. but like at least they understand that like oppression is real yeah you know um so shout out to them shout out to the people that are still working through all of this because people forget that you can't protest and go home with no rent you know you can't just be out there you know uh you know like preaching the word or pushing the word and you know go home and there's no food so, like, there might be a father or a mother that's out there protesting, but the father or the mother, the opposite side of that, um, or the mother and the mother, or the father and the father, the opposite side of that is the other one's working. They're nurses, they're doctors, they're cashiers, they're people that are, like, rebuilding, you know, the, the, the revolution, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, stuff happens in all of that, um, and things get destroyed, and people are rebuilding. There are newscasters that are actually prom- uh, uh, reporting on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the news news anchors and reporters and journalists that are actually being arrested for just reporting. You know, shout out to all black people. Yeah, you know, I actually, period. I actually have a list here. Um, these are some resources I wrote down that I've been posting on my social media. Um, and I'm going to try and get a Google Doc together uh, with all these things on them. But shout out to Black Trans Protesters Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Black Men Hill. Shout out to Dive In Well, um, Ethel's Club, um, this amazing website, blacklivesmatters.carrd.co, has a bunch of links to different spaces you can donate to that support protesters, support support victims, um, and a list of like a bunch of organizations. Really, really good website. Um, the Eco Foundation, they're giving out free food in the Philadelphia area. Um, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, the National Bailout Fund, Free Black Mamas, um, Philadelphia Bell Fund, 
and Archive 215, who also does food drives in the Philadelphia area. So these are all um, organizations that you can look up for either food services, resources, or mental health resources as well. Yeah, I, my last shout out is again to black people. Like we have been pushing and fighting in a country that did not want us here um, outside of, you know, slavery. Uh, and throughout history, we've been fighting and fighting and fighting. And the fact that we're still here and we are successful in being here. I know it's hard to say successful in a system that looks like this, but we yeah, survived but we be doing it. Yeah, I was about to say we'd be doing shit. Yeah, we survived. And shout out to y'all. Uh, and keep keep fighting, but also, also make sure you take time out. We just talked about playing video games. If it's a video game, go on a date, go on a picnic. You know, talk to your family about things other than this, because we are more than race. We are more than uh, oppression. We are more than poverty. We are more than all of these negative things that they say about us. Um, not to say that race is negative. Um, we are much more. Than all of this so just make sure you take time out for yourself because you taking an hour a day sometimes you might even a week need even need a week you taking time out of that will not change the massive system that we're going to be dealing with for probably the rest of our lives so take time out for yourself and take time out for your family and friends and that's really all i have you know follow me uh at tommy the model uh on Instagram, you can follow my new page because they deleted the other one, and we could talk about that at another podcast. My oh, new page shit. on Facebook, which is just Tommy, because they got rid of my name on the last one. And you can follow me at TommyTheModel.com. Where yeah, you can check me out at Enoch the Poet on all social media, EnochThePoet.com. Make sure to follow Broke Black and Busy on all social media. And if you're listening to this podcast on whatever your streaming service is. Make sure to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, you know, all that cute fucking promotional stuff. (laughs) Definitely. See y'all.